you know, there really is nobody that I wouldn't consider um, in terms of if they have a desire and if they have a work ethic. I, that's probably what I look for most of all. Hey, we're back. This is the OMN Alumni Podcast. My name is Stephen Sandberg. This podcast is all about talking to alumni of Orange Media Network, the student media department at Oregon State University. And I am thrilled to be joined by my guest today. She is the news director and anchor at KTVZ in Bend, Oregon. It's Kathy Marshall. Kathy, welcome. Oh, so nice to be here, uh, Stephen, and I'm, I'm flattered you asked me. So um, longtime alum, strong supporter of Oregon State. I had a, got a great education there. Well, thank you so much. That's great to hear. Uh, as we record this, it's uh, about one o'clock in the afternoon, and I know that we're starting to get into uh, that time period in the newsroom when things are ramping up for the five o'clock news, those afternoon newscasts. I was wondering if you could give us kind of a, a peek behind the curtain as to what things are like in a newsroom at this time in the afternoon. Well, I have three people standing out there waiting for script approval. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Just it, pounding down um, your door. You know, usually about two o'clock. So we actually have a four o'clock newscast. So, you know, that deadline comes around much earlier than five o'clock. It's amazing what an hour difference, you know, an hour can make. Uh, but uh, usually about two o'clock, um, things really ramp up and people are putting scripts in, um, which I review um, and make sure that they're going to hit the four o'clock news deadline. And then sometimes we're also still looking for content. I mean, Ben's a great city and um, some people would say we're fortunate in that not a ton of news happens here. Although in August, uh, sadly, we had a terrible shooting at Safeway. Um, but on a daily basis, we end up having to enterprise a lot of stories um, or go to meetings and find out, you know, what's the nugget that comes out of the meeting that might change, you know, the future of the city or impact residents here. So, um, yeah, oftentimes we're still, you know, this time we can still be looking for content to fill out an hour. So we do half hour at four, half hour at five, um, six to seven thirty, seven to seven thirty, ten to eleven, and then eleven to eleven thirty. So it's a very small market here in Ben. We're in the run, like the 180 range, but um, we do a fair amount of news because we're NBC and Fox. Do you find that there's a a crunch time moment in the afternoon as you're getting ready for those four o'clock newscasts where where you're you're dialed in, you're focused, and all right, now's the time we got to lock it all in. Uh, yeah, probably about three fifty-five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just five minutes still. And we have this segment on um, our newscast every night, which is a poll. We put out a poll question. And it never ceases to amaze me at like 350. We're we're still trying to decide what the poll question is going to be for the day. It often, you know, is tied to a story that we've done that might sort of evoke an opinion or emotion in people. So we try to tie the poll to that. But, you know, somebody will go like, oh my gosh, we forgot the poll. And, you know, we know it's coming <laughs> every day, but that that's probably the one thing that, uh, you know, is very predictable that we're going to be struggling for a poll question 10 minutes <laughs> before the newscast. Absolutely. Just right there, right at the end of the deadline. Yeah. Uh, Kathy, I want to talk to you a little bit about your role uh, as news director and anchor there at KTVZ. I was uh, wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what you do uh, in the newsroom and how you work with the other members of your team. Well, um, I've only been in this job for a couple months, so I'll tell you from what I know at this point um, sure. and what I've experienced other places. Uh, prior to this, 
I worked at KGW in Portland where I was a managing editor. And so I'm finding the duties are very similar. Um, you know, I, I think the major um, challenge every day is to get our reporters assigned to stories that they can actually accomplish within a six hour, five or six hour time period. Um, and so one of the things I've tried to establish is an early look and the day before trying to get a handle on where reporters are going to head the next day or what we're going to cover um, rather than waiting till the morning. So, um, and then I'm anchoring at six o'clock. So then I don't get off till seven. So I've kind of had to shift my day to a 10 to seven shift. Mm -hmm. So the reporters come in right nine or nine 30, kind of get started on what we've talked about the day before I have each of the reporters send me a story pitch uh, before they leave, you know, the night before the next day when they finish the story from that day. So it's a full day. Um, and, uh, you know, based on those pitches, I put together what I call an early look and generally they'll be assigned their story uh, before they walk in the door in the morning. So then when I hit the door, I check in with them, you know, I'd say probably 70% of the time they'll say, ah, that story's not going to work out. You know, I can't get the interview till Friday. Um, and so then we have to shift gears, kind of brainstorm other story ideas. So it's really very much a role of, um, you know, creating ideas and getting people in the right direction, trying to give them resources to where they can find good interviews. And Stephen, I'm always really high on telling a story from a people, a person's perspective, like who who's impacted by this? Um, or I don't want to hear from the, the official at the hospital. I'd rather hear from a nurse or doctor who is down in the nitty gritty every day facing these challenges. So I find that when people are starting off reporting, that can be a hurdle in terms of trying to tell the right story and get the right people lined up. So I do a lot of mentoring in that respect. I know a lot of people, when they think about this industry, they think it's all what you see on TV and how people present something and how they talk and how they write. And all those elements are very important, but it really starts at the beginning of the day getting the right resources for a story that you want to tell. Yeah, I find that really interesting uh, how those stories get assigned uh, there at KTVZ and that first look that you put together. It it is making me flash back to my own days as a TV news reporter and very awkward morning meetings at 9 a.m. going, what do you want to cover? I don't know what's going on today. So I right. find that really, really cool what you're doing there. Right. I, I, I kind of pegged it off. Well, during the pandemic at KGW, when I was in Portland and working from home, uh, we kind of implemented that procedure there because we were never all sitting together in a room anymore. We'd get together on Zoom and it was very tedious trying to hammer out a story list in the morning when we realized that a lot of what we were doing could have been set in motion the day before. It's always good to get out that email or phone call the day before when you're trying to interview somebody the next day. And you mentioned something a moment ago about that challenge for new reporters of getting the human side of the stories and not just relying on the officials for all of their sound bites. How do you coach young reporters to get them in that mindset? You know, I, I think I just talk about personal experiences and, you know, just try to guide them. I mean, it's simple things um, as, you know, yesterday we had a reporter trying to do a story on reaction to the uh, stay in the gun control measure 114. 
here in Oregon. And she was sitting at her desk and she was very frustrated because she couldn't get any police uh, associations to talk. She couldn't get the sheriff's association to talk. And I said, well, you know, I've heard there's this huge increase in people buying guns prior to this taking effect, which is, was supposed to happen Thursday. Now it's been put on hold. But I said to her, you know, and she said, and the gun owner, the people who own gun shops won't talk. So I said, well, why don't you just go to the parking lot of the gun shop? Because if it truly are, if there is a rush on buying guns, then there are going to be people in the parking lot heading in. And so she went out there and, and nobody wanted to be on camera. And then so she, you know, very cleverly convinced them still to talk, you know, two or three people. And they were very passionate and they they actually gave some good information about where people are going to go for guns if they can't go to a store anymore. It, you know, it, it was so it was a kind of a last minute deal. But I guess um, my point there is always go to where the people are who are impacted by it um, or to a neighborhood and you knock on doors and nobody knocks on anybody's door anymore. So <laughs> when it happens, they tend to answer. That's right. Um, Sometimes you just got to go face to face like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that... Um, I will say that, you know, there's a reluctance, I think, among beginning reporters to go out there and do that because of technology, because we can Zoom, right? Um, and you don't always have to be face-to-face, -face, but the preference is always to have that. It's going to be a much better interaction if, if you're in person. Absolutely. You know, I remember uh, being a young reporter straight out of college and going to a city that I'd never, live, living in a city that I'd never been to before, and that challenge of how do I how do I do this? You know, I'm in a play, I don't know anybody. Um, first job straight out of college. Um, how do you work with those young folks? And what's what does mentorship look like now to a young reporter that's going into this field? You know, it, it, that's a great question. I think it looks different, uh, you know, depending on who's doing the mentoring and what experience they're drawing from when they're doing it. Um, I think the most important thing is to, because we work in a very fast paced business, there's not often a lot of time for coddling and walking somebody very slowly through the steps of this is why we're doing it. Um, but I think it's always important to go back once you've met your deadline and talk about what we can learn from what transpired that day. Um, sure, things got hectic at the end, but here's what we could have done up front to make it a little more um, easier of a flow when it comes to the workday. So there, there's living in the moment and then there's returning to the moment and, and trying to make that a teaching experience. Um, and, you know, I think that the other thing to keep in mind is that every experience mentoring is going to be different. You can't have, you know, a, a set of guidelines that are going to work for everybody. Everybody comes in with a different set of experiences and skill set. And so you kind of have to mentor to that. Um, and I guess I begin when I'm looking at somebody and I just I'm like, what is their greatest strength and how do I play to that strength? Um, you know, I can sense in young people if they're passionate about something, you know, there, there's a reporter in our newsroom who loves sports. So when I have the opportunity to have him cover sports, I do because that's what he's passionate about. And that's what story he's going to tell the best. You know, I have another person who's very passionate about stories um, for people who are in need, whether they are, you know, don't have enough food or don't have shelter. Um, somebody who's very passionate about that, you know, she's going to tell those stories in a different way than somebody 
who's doesn't have that same interest. Um, I just hired um, somebody who he has no experience in TV. He's in his forties, but he has life experience and he knows this area. And he said, he's wanted to work in TV his whole life. And so I look at what his strengths are. I'm not going to probably turn him out on the street as a reporter right away. I'm going to have him anchor because that I sat him in an anchor chair and he could read like nobody I've, I've ever seen who had no experience, you know? Wow. So like I say, each person that you mentor, I think it's really coming up with a different plan uh, that plays to their strengths. No, absolutely. I think, I think that's fantastic. Everything you're describing there. And uh, because I think there's a lot of challenges going into the TV business uh, and how to break in. Um, you know, young people ask themselves, do I need a, a journalism degree? Do I need to have had the internship at the local station to be able to get this job? Do I need to have come from, you know, a big school that has a, a big TV program? Uh, and I think it's it's really encouraging to hear that uh, folks have those opportunities to be able to, to learn and grow and develop that without having to come in with the, the perfect resume right off the bat. Right. I think that, you know, we are in a time now too, Stephen, where it's hard to hire. And so that was part of, and part of it was out of necessity and saying, um, I'm not getting the college graduates who, you know, are fresh out of school and want to move to Bend, Oregon. So what can I do differently to attract people here who will make good employees, who have a great work ethic, um, so I, I also just hired a woman who has 10 years of radio experience in band. She's a, a top 40 DJ. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I've always wanted to be in TV. And can you can you teach me TV? And I'm like, absolutely, because you have that ability to go on the radio and ad lib. And I think that can translate well to television. So, you know, there really is nobody that I wouldn't consider um, in terms of if they have a desire and if they have a work ethic, I, that's probably what I look for most of all is, are they willing to work hard? Because, you know, having done TV, you, you have to put in a lot of hours and you have to be willing to work crazy shifts. That is true. That is true. You mentioned a few moments ago how much the uh, the hiring process has changed recently. I also want to talk to you just overall about the TV industry and the changes that we've seen, especially over the last few years. What sort of changes have you noticed uh, from your perspective working in TV news? And where do you see things going in the near future for TV news? Well, wow. I mean, if I go back to when I started in the business in the 80s and the changes that have occurred over <laughs> the decades, it's it's mind-blowing in terms of technology, in terms of people wanting to work in the industry, um, in terms of what resonates with people, um, in terms of what, you know, where people get their news. You know, they, they don't wait till four or five o'clock anymore or six o'clock. They can get it 24 hours a day. So I would say the biggest, that is the biggest change, um, you know, in terms of how we handle as a newsroom, the appetite for news 24 seven, and that is largely on our website. And then how do we take what we uh, do broadcast and, you know, translate it and really make it resonate on the website. So um, I think, you know, the, the largest area for growth has been in, you know, the web team. Um, you know, when I was working in Portland, the web team at KGW in the 11 or 12 years I was there, it quadrupled in terms of numbers of people, whereas the reporters and the rest of the staff in the newsroom stayed about the same. But any staff they were adding 
or writing for the web, um, producing videos for the web. So that's definitely where I see the future. I don't know mm, if in the next 10 years we'll have a nightly news. Um, I can definitely see a scenario under which there won't be, but I also think that local news will survive because there's you know, definitely an appetite for it, especially in small communities. That, that's that been really eye-opening coming here to Bend compared to Portland. In Bend, it really is, I mean, people really depend on a newscast every night. Um, so I think maybe in the larger markets, maybe at the network level, the evening newscast might look a little bit different, but I think it will continue to thrive in smaller towns. Is that kind of a daunting thought, the idea of the newscast as it's been known going away? Oh, it makes me sad. It does. It, it's, you know, it's kind of like I look at libraries and I think, do we need libraries? You know, what, what is the future of a library? Because you can get everything online. I think the library might outlast the newscast. Um, it, it, it It's sad, but it's an evolution. You know, I mean, everything evolves. And so you have to embrace that change and stay relevant and keep your skills at a point where you're able to adapt to the changes you see in whatever industry you're working in. Um, and I've really, I, I've kind of struggled with the technology, to be honest, over the years. Um, because, you know, I, I mean, one of the reasons I got into this business is I loved meeting people. And, you know, sometimes with the technology can get in the way of that, you know, and, and you have all these deadlines you're trying to meet and sometimes you have to rush more than you want to. Um, and and also, uh, you know, like the job of a reporter has really the number of tasks involved, you know, because you write for TV and you write for the web and the web you're updating and you're doing social media. So it's almost like the responsibility has tripled uh, for a reporter in this industry, but the pay has stayed about the same. <laughs> so. And as someone who has to mentor the team, uh, do you find ways to balance that, that extra workload with, you know, the realities of, of keeping that keeping that morale going for your team? Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of what we talked about earlier with the early look, letting people know ahead of time what they're going to be working on. Um, definitely, I would always tell young reporters, you will sleep a lot better the night before if you know what you're doing the next day. Because that's what I used to lose sleep over at night. When am I going to find something to cover the next day? Am I going to find the right interview? Uh, but if you've at least placed some initial calls, sent some emails. Um, of course, now I say the best way to reach people for interviews is by text. Because you can call them and they won't pick up because they think you're, you know, spam. Right. But if you text them first and say, hey, this is Kathy from KTVZ, you know, then they'll, I, I, it's it's been amazing to me. So that's one thing, like reporters will say, I called and I'll say, well, did you text? <laughs> <laughs> and nobody picks up the phone anymore. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I learned that from my kids. <laughs> that's terrific. Well, there's so much to talk about still. I want to talk to you more about your time at OSU and KBVR. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with more with Kathy Marshall coming up right after this. Hey, we're back. We're talking with Kathy Marshall, news director and anchor at KTVZ in Bend, Oregon. And Kathy, you were a part of KBVR during your time at OSU. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you first got involved with the TV station here. KBVR uh, came to my attention because I was taking a class. Well, it was BMC class I was taking as a, a requirement because I was a speech pathology student. And I took a class that was largely in 
of writing and producing stories. And thankfully, at the end of that um, term, I had a message from the professor and he asked me to come see him. And I went and saw him. He was a wonderful man named Dan Sands. And he said to me, um, you should do this. And I said, do what? And he's like, you should do this TV thing. And it really, honestly, I loved it because in speech pathology, I was struggling. It was a lot of science and I wasn't really wired that way. So when I took this class and I could write and I could present, I was like, yeah, I do really like this. So um, he told me, he said, on Monday, we're going to have tryouts for the KBVR newscast. And I said, oh, wow, I don't think I could try out. I'm too shy. And he leaned across the desk and he said, Kathy, I guarantee you, if you come, there'll be three of you who will show up. One of you will do news, one will do sports, and one will do weather. <laughs> he said, it seems to happen that way every turn. We always get three people. So sure enough, I went on that Monday and, you know, tried out, tried out, and there were three of us. So um, I became a news anchor, um, and really, that's what started me in this career I've been in for 40 plus years now, and I always felt very grateful um, to Professor Sands and Oregon State for opening my eyes to to this career. And then um, it goes a step beyond that. When I uh, graduated, um, you know, I, like every recent graduate, at least in my time, uh, we were all waiting, you know, to get our first jobs. And so I was applying at TV stations, but nobody would really talk to me because I didn't have experience. And um, there was another professor there, uh, Dick Weinman. He was head of the department for many years. He called me and said, hey, Kathy, there's a, a station going on the air in Eugene, KMTR. I said, oh, yeah, Professor Wyman, I tried to get an interview there. They wouldn't talk to me. And uh, he made a call on my behalf, got me an interview, and I got the job. So, again, Oregon wow. State playing a key role in in getting me started. And I've always just felt so grateful for that. And and to KBVR, um, I, I know your equipment's probably much upgraded from what we were working <laughs> with, um, but just having had that experience, uh, that's how I was able to get my first job because I went to a school where it was hands-on, you know, we could get our hands-on equipment. And um, so, yeah, but there was one assignment I'll remember. Uh, this is one of the BMC classes that we had to make a commercial for jeans and they gave us the jeans names and it was... Um, it was supposed to be, I think, Boumache, <laughs> <laughs> but I made my commercial calling the jeans Bamachis. <laughs> and so when we played our, our commercials, I was like, everybody was saying Boumache. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to be so embarrassed. You know, that's but where again, you just got to own it. You got to own yeah, it. At yeah, that exactly. Point. You guys are wrong. Mine was right. <laughs> they were called Bamachis. But I remember the professors were just like, hey, you know, that's that's the way it goes because I was so embarrassed. But um, yeah, just that hands on experience made all. In fact, I, I went to uh, work at KMTR and I worked with a few people who had gone to U of O at the same time. And they were surprised at how much I knew how to do things. And uh, and turns out at that time, U of O, they were all sitting in classrooms, basically learning theory mm -hmm. and, and they didn't have the equipment. And and now I know that's changed, but um, I always felt that was a, a, a really good comparison in terms of what you can do when you get that experience at a place like KBVR. I was gonna ask, could you describe that moment when you are in KMTR and realize that oh, this is a lot of what we did at KBVR. What was that moment like? Oh, I just, it was, oh, I felt so much more confident, you know. Now, that being said, 
I thought I knew what I was doing, but then I went out and did my first story and the stand up portion, I came back and I, it was a minute 30. <laughs> I stood there and talked on oh, camera. The stand up was a minute yeah. 30. Oh, wow. <laughs> when the whole story should have been a minute 30. So <laughs> I did have a lot to learn, uh, but I did feel um, good walking in and knowing that if I needed to run my own camera, because when you work in um, a newsroom that size, you have to do everything. You know, mm -hmm. there were some days I went in on the weekends and, you know, you would write, produce and anchor a newscast. So. And tell me about your experience back on KBBR working on the news show there. What was that like gathering stories and putting it together, putting it on the air? Oh, it was a real uh, window into, you know, what the industry was like. I mean, we didn't have the resources or the time, obviously, because I think I went, I'd say I probably went over there about three in the afternoon. And I think we recorded about six. Um, so, you know, you didn't have the full day to be putting together a newscast, but we did a lot of readers, you know, which is on camera because mm -hmm. <laughs> we didn't have a whole lot of video. Um, and it was always a gift if we, you know, had some file video we could put in there. We did not have a teleprompter. Um, so, you know, we were trying to, you know, kind of memorize the first line and then maybe hit some video or a graphic or something. Um, but again, just that uh, confidence that you gain from knowing that you can do that um, and that it's not overwhelming. And I mentioned I I was on the Shire side. And so I I felt like sitting in front of the camera, even though I, I kind of always had a desire to be a reporter, um, I, I think in my mind, I wouldn't let myself go there because I didn't have the confidence. But once I experienced that at KBBR, and got past that. Um, it was... Um, yeah, it was, it was a real gift. I mean, really. And I think one thing that can really help students is the idea that the mistakes they make at a student TV station are not the end of the world. Like they can make mistakes in their read or, or look down at the script or, you know, do a shot that, you know, maybe at first glance might be a little bit shaky, but the opportunity to try it and try it and try it again and improve and know that you can experiment and iterate and improve your skills in in more of a safe environment in in the college TV station. Absolutely, uh, you know, and, and on the subject of mistakes, I'll, I'll tell people I work with now. Mistakes make you human. You know, no viewer wants to see somebody who's perfect every time, and it's how you recover from that mistake that gives them their impression of you. And it's okay to say, "Excuse me," you know. Oh, let me let me try that again. Uh, you know, if you're on live TV. People appreciate that because that's how you become human to them. Mm -hmm. um, I had a reporter I had hired at KGW and she was all upset after a live shot because she stumbled. And I said, you know what? I didn't even notice that. And I bet in, in the viewer's mind, you became more likable in that moment because even if you did stumble, you still went on and gave the information in a very professional, credible way. Yeah, and you have to have a short memory because you've got to go right back out there the next day and do another story. You can't dwell mm -hmm. on the mistakes of the previous day. Yeah, just learn from them. And, um, you know, I think the hardest thing is when you have had that moment on TV where you do stumble and then you have to go back at it the next day and you just know you're going to stumble again. I mean, you, know, <laughs> you get in your head and you tell yourself that. So once you have success, you know, it's like, oh, yes, I can do this without making a mistake. Yeah, getting that confidence back. What do you think students should be studying now at their college TV stations to prepare themselves for a career in TV news? 
I think they should just study what they're passionate about. Uh, I mean, I, I really believe that uh, one of the reasons I like what I do so much is I get to know a little about a lot of things. There are a lot of jobs where you have to be focused and you have to know a lot about one thing. In this industry, you just, every day is different. So the more uh, diverse your experience and knowledge are, the better you're going to be in coming up with those story ideas in knowing how to approach people. Um, and it's why I say, you know, any major can end up in this job uh, because you don't have to have, uh, you know, a certain set of skills walking in the door. I will say that my number one skill that I push is writing. Anytime you can write, uh, because that is the lifeblood of what we do here. Some people think it's the on-camera work that's the most important and, you know, having a nice voice or, you know, a pleasant demeanor, but really it comes down to if you can't write, if you're not interested in writing, this is not the job for you. Um, and that's something we talk about all the changes in the industry. That's something that will never change is having that basic sense of what makes a good story. And then you add in the visual component and the interviews you do um, so you can, you know, just weave together a story. Um, and so I always go back to the basics of, of being a good writer and a good listener. Yeah, that writing and that listening, that's the foundation of, of all mm -hmm. journalism, mm -hmm. especially in TV as well. Yeah, and getting the facts right matters too. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Let's, Which yeah. comes with the listening. Yeah, I, mean, I guess, you know, yeah. facts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, Kathy, uh, this has been a real pleasure speaking with you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to join us on the episode. Uh, this has been a thrill and all the best to you and your team at KTVZ. And thank you again for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me, Stephen. And go Beavs. Go Beavs. Well, and thank you for listening to the OMN Alumni Podcast. I am Stephen Sandberg. We will see you next time.